have a first down at the zip occurrence. Quick shot, left side. There's Malachi Coy. First guy misses. Second guy misses. Across the 50, flag in the play. He's free. Bye-bye. Malachi Coy. Up to the races as they set for the race. 94 yards and a cloud of dust for Western Kentucky. State, a team that won 12 games a year ago, got the Mountain West Championship game. Welcome to episode 10 of the G5 Hive, where we aim to bring you all the honey from week 9 in G5 college football. What's going on, Luke? How you doing tonight? Uh, pretty good. I can't believe it's only Monday. Um, feels like it's been a long week already. Um, and the week just started, right? The <laughs> week just started, so that that's great. Um, uh, got a puppy. Uh, so that's been been great. Picked the puppy up uh, uh, yesterday, and I just kind of forgot about all the things that go along with uh, having a puppy. So here we are. If I if it's I could just so take off work. at some, yeah, you know, if I just take off at some point, uh, the dog is uh, relieving itself on the floor, and I am taking it outside. So hopefully, the dog just <laughs> sleeps through this entire thing, and 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 we're able to get through this without any incidences. Yeah, the potty training and the chewing on everything phases. Yes. Man, I, I don't miss those. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah definitely not fun, the, not fun. Definitely the chewing on stuff. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm I'm doing all right, man. Just uh like you said, it's been a long week and the week literally just started. <laughs> so I'm get I'm getting ready to go out of town for the rest of this week. So uh just uh trying to get stuff squared away before I'm going all week. So Busy, busy. Uh, I don't know if you want to wait till the end of the podcast or or talk about it now, but we we should have a, a guest maybe next week on yes. on the podcast. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So so Luke will be gone next week, um, and I believe uh, Andrew Katz is going to join myself again next Monday night. So look forward to that. Awesome. Yeah, I will be going for work. I'll be going to Luling, Louisiana. Over there by New Orleans, just outside of New Orleans, by about 20, 30 minutes or so. And my, I don't fly back until, like, I leave Sunday night and I don't get back until Friday evening. And my work stuff ends Thursday during the day. So I'm hoping Thursday, my plane leaves Friday morning. So I'm hoping Thursday afternoon to head over to Baton Rouge and, and check out LSU Stadium. I know it's not nice, G5, nice. but uh, <laughs> I'm going to well, go check get, it out. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, I mean, that, that's pretty cool. That's pr- I've been to New Orleans many times. It's uh, I love the food there. So if you get a chance yeah, to go wait. to Deanie's Seafood, that's one of my favorite spots in New Orleans, if you like fried seafood. So I, I don't, being in Iowa, I don't eat a lot of seafood because believe it or not, 
Iowa seafood, not that great. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> so I eat a lot of pork and uh, beef. So we do have we do have our cows and uh, pigs here, and corn. I mean, in the summer we got our corn. So, all right. Well, hey, what what's the swarm need to know? What are our news and notes for this week, Justice? So we're going to start off kind of going over um, a few of the games that we were excited about last week. Um, the first one was the Conference USA showdown between Liberty and Western Kentucky. Um, and Liberty just kind of, you know, manhandled Western Kentucky, for lack of a better word. Um, I mean, it was a, a fairly high-scoring game, um, but I, I never got the sense that Liberty was going to lose. Um, so so during the week, I don't get to watch a lot of the games. Like Saturday, like most of the Saturday games I get to catch. But during the week um, – my wife works at night, so I'm, I'm dealing with uh, kids and whatnot. So I did not get a chance to watch this, but I did like just look at um, fan tracks at like about halftime and like Austin Reed hadn't really done much or whatnot. And then and the next morning I look at it and he's got like 36 fantasy points. So yeah, I mean, they did a lot. They did a lot yeah. A lot of garbage time stuff. Um, but a, hey, uh, Liberty never was really like, in my opinion, it was never being challenged uh, by Western Kentucky. It's just kind of a shame that um, this Western Kentucky offense just kind of turned into what it's turned into um, with uh, Drew Hollingshead as OC there. Um, his, his offense is so much more dink and dunk and um, which, which I guess, you know, we should have saw coming which I, I think we did to a certain degree because he came from Mike Leach. But I think there was also the feeling that, hey, uh, Helton would say, hey, you know, this is the offense we've ran the last two years. It's worked well for us. You need to incorporate some of this into your scheme. Um, and it appears that didn't happen, in my opinion. Um, and, and and to be honest with you, I, I fear um, next season that it's going to be even worse. With, with Reed gone and Corley gone, um, it'll be even worse. Um, you know, do you want a piece of this offense next year? Um, I mean, if I already own some folks, some pieces, like I'm probably just going to hold on to them, but, um, just because I pretty much got them for free, right? Mm -hmm. Like a Bronson Baron maybe, or, um, you know, a Dalvin Smith or, um, trying to think some of the other receivers there. Um, but, I I am I am certainly. What, what's any, the? I'm, I would avoid I any of them in the draft. I'm I'm blanking. It's like the the quarterback starts with a V. Is it the, Velt camp? Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, like, I'm, I, I think it's going to be Baron next year. Bronson Baron. Baron. Um. Okay. Uh, like I said, if I own those guys, maybe I'm just going to hold on to them, right? Because I already got them. Um. But in next year's drafts. I, I I think players like Barron, assuming he's the starter, or or Veltkamp, whichever's the starter, um, and like a Dalvin Smith, are going to go way higher than they should. Now, if Dalvin Smith retains his tight end eligibility again, that makes sense if you're going to play him at tight end. Um, mm -hmm. But if you got to play him at receiver, like you're going to be drafting him way Mad higher than was I think he's going to produce. Madison, 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 Madison. So the other uh, one, Mike, Michael Matheson. Yeah, um, he, he he can come back, right? He was hurt. He's been hurt all year, hasn't played. So, um, 
Yeah, I just, I just, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't, I think the Western Kentucky offense gets even worse next year. So for me, it would be an avoid, avoid unless I already own pieces. All right. Then we got the Mac showdown, uh, Miami of Ohio versus Ohio. <clears throat> and this one, Ohio just does it. It kind of looks broken right now. Ohio doesn't look like it looked yeah. like earlier in the year. And Miami year. of Ohio's defense. This was more about oh, Miami of Ohio's defense looking great than it necessarily was about Ohio looking that poor, in my opinion. It was just that the Miami of Ohio defense just, you know, suffocated Ohio. But I mean, you can also say Ohio hasn't been what we expected this year, you know, especially the last few games, but overall for the generalization of the season, Ohio didn't look like it looked like the first, you know, three games of the season, you know, they just beat Iowa state, you know, kind of riding high and then it's kind of wheels are kind of coming off. So. Yeah. The, the, the one, I mean, I didn't get to watch any of this game, but the one, one fear I had, and I think I mentioned last week was uh, my gauge Larverdane shares with avion smith at quarterback um he is not the passer that gabbard is and um that's not good news for larverdane and that that kind of came to fruition last week right like and, and as you predicted it was good news for amos because he he had, he had a pretty decent yeah. game so yeah um, did mention yeah. it was an amos game when we did our waivers uh so yeah yeah he he ran the ball well so hopefully uh They'll get to a point where they need late Larverdane and Avion. Uh, we'll throw it to them. <laughs> the uh, the Sun Belt showdown for the week happened last Thursday night: uh, Georgia State versus Georgia Southern, and um, that game wasn't. It did not live up to the hype for me. Um, at least what I had hyped it up for. Um, Georgia Southern just kind of dominated. Uh, Georgia State never. They look great. I mean, How about that? That was weird. There in the what was it towards the end of the game? Maybe it was the last couple min- couple of minutes where like they're playing almost like a this weird zone back off where like Carol was just like running it for like twenty yards. Yeah. Thing. Like I don't know. That was kind of weird there towards the end. Yeah, um, and that's kind of like the Liberty game where I never. I mean, there was there was one instance where where Georgia State I thought they had some momentum and they came back and I want to say they got within like a touchdown. But then, like, they they stopped them and they turned the ball over, and um, you know Georgia Southern went ahead by you know two scores again. That was kind of it. Um, Granger did not have a great game. Carroll did though. You know, Carroll Carroll and Robert Lewis both had good games. So, you know, kudos to those guys. And I could be mistaken, but I believe Granger sent another record for, I think, total yards. Uh, for Georgia Southern, for Georgia, so for Georgia State earlier, yeah, for Georgia State, he uh, he set the touchdown record a few weeks back, and now I think he set the all all purpose yards for passing rushing. Nice, so nice. quite quite the quite the career there. It's gonna it's gonna be sad to see him uh, leave at the end of the season. I'm pretty sure he's out of eligibility. So I believe maybe. so. Yeah. Um, maybe we can see him somewhere, whether it's an XFL, USFL, Canadian League somewhere, or even possibly NFL. Um, maybe, yeah. I mean, why aim so low? Why don't we see him on this podcast? How about that? That would be awesome, right? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we can get him after the season. 
Yeah. Darren, I know you're probably listening. You're you're welcome to come on here at any point that you want to. <laughs> All right. Uh, next, per, my personal game of the week. Um, it had everything you'd, you'd want in a college football game, especially for fantasy purposes, and that was Memphis at North Texas. We mentioned this last week because the high over under, and they didn't disappoint, man. That game was – that game went over – the over um and it, it was it was just an exciting game man like came down to I the very end i didn't was, get to watch this but did memphis win it or did north texas lose it um memphis memphis won i feel like um i mean it, it was a back and forth game um i don't really feel like you know a team gave it away um it, it kind of it kind of felt like it, whoever has the ball last is gonna is gonna win and and um, Blake Texas Watson had, had like was it three or four long long touchdowns? Oh yeah, oh yeah, he or, did. Um, he, he or was three awesome. and then the one that got pulled back. Um, you know, it was it was one of those games like whoever has the ball last is gonna win and and North Texas did have the ball last, but there wasn't any time left. Um, by the time they got that ball to really do much with. Um, but still, it, it was an exciting game, a lot of scoring. Like you said, Blake Watson went off. Um, Roderick Burns went off for North Texas. Chandler Rogers had a good game. Uh, Jamori Macklin had a decent game. Um, yeah, it was just, you know, from a from a fantasy perspective, it was, it was an awesome game. Exciting, you know, lots of scoring. And then the Mountain West showdown, we had UNLV uh, at Fresno State. And honestly, like, UNLV kind of owned majority of that first half. Oh, yeah, and then there was yeah. a th- then there was a, a muffed punt, I think it was. And at that point, uh, Fresno State kind of got control, kind of got the momentum. They recovered the muffed punt. It was like two plays later, uh, touchdown, and then it was just kind of like a different Fresno State team. So, and then, yeah. you know, it's a big, big game because, you know, this week they've got uh, Boise State. We'll see if there's an Ashton Genty there or not. We'll kind of get into that with the injuries, but that'll be a big game uh, here this next week. Yeah, I mean, Fresno State kind of like just like, you know, blasted them in that third quarter and kind of took it from there, right? I mean – um, I think they scored like 24 points or something in the third quarter um, to, to kind of take control of the game. Yeah, it was definitely a tale of two halves for sure. Um, I didn't really see much of the UNLV game, but I did watch the first half of the Hawaii versus San Jose State game. Um, I tried to stay awake for the entire game, but the game didn't kick off till midnight Eastern. Um, I, I was able to at least stay awake through the first half. Um, and, you know, San Jose State just dominated Hawaii. Hawaii, uh, their, their defense just smothered Hawaii. Um, Hawaii did not look good. Um, Hawaii never really has much of a running game. And um, they just weren't able to, you know, the San Jose State defense was harassing Shager all night. Um, so just just not, a, you know, not a good, not a good game from Hawaii. Um, hopefully they can bounce back this week against Nevada. But uh Cordero went back home and, and got it done against against his old team. So, you know, kudos to him. And, and then we had our go ahead. Say, and they ran they ran the ball like crazy with Robinson and Conley. 
both had good games. Um, you know, so that in addition to the defense playing well, they, they played keep away as well to kind of keep the Hawaii offense off the field. And, and, it, and it worked all night. So, you know, I don't know the rest of San Jose's state's uh, schedule, but if I've got any guys in there for fantasy, like I don't think I really want to play them against San Jose State just because they run the ball pretty effectively. That defensive line has been really good uh, this year, especially the last couple games. And it's just I don't think you're going to get enough possessions as a, a offense to really be that big of an impact uh, in your fantasy roster. So... Personally, I don't. I don't want to play anybody uh, against San Jose State, except for ma- probably Ashton Gentry, assuming he's healthy at some point. But we'll get back. We'll get uh, that later. In uh, George Halani's back, so I don't know. Yeah. Um. Then we had our our snowball uh, for Air Force versus uh, Colorado State, which was a a wild game in general here and then yeah yeah the um the uh the fans i don't know if you saw that they got they, they got a 15 yard penalty yeah they got warned for throwing snowballs and then they kept doing it and they and then they got a penalty and then security like pushed them up like didn't let anyone like the night like, yeah they yeah. to like the 19th row or something they had to yeah move back but i mean it's all i always enjoy watching football in in the snow but it definitely it definitely i mean it was that's not good for colorado state right it doesn't really bother air force as much they're grounded pound they're not throwing the ball around um but obviously for colorado state trying to throw the ball it just wasn't you know it just you know wasn't it wasn't a great showing not and plus air force defense you know they're pretty good defense too and like you said they they limit possessions as well um with that uh, triple option run based offense so um, a game I did watch the full game was ODU JMU. And, Shocker! Uh, you watched ODU, <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, I was I was impressed. I mean, um, I I you know I didn't expect us to have a chance to win the game, and we did. And we and you know we, we 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 had a chance. We had no one to blame but ourselves. Um, just made too many mistakes, self inflicted mistakes. Um. You know, he missed uh, the opening possession. He missed Javon Harvey wide open in, in the end zone, like 10 yard, 10 yard pass, and he overthrew him. Um, some people say Harvey should have caught it, but it, I mean, he tried. He tried, but it was, it was just, you know, it was, it was such, it was a really high pass. Um, that to me, that was more on the quarterback. Uh, you know, I, I was very encouraged by what I saw um, by Old Dominion. Um, they ran the ball really well against JMU. Um, they they ran the ball for more yards against JMU than anyone else has all year. Um, you know, both Keyshawn Wicks and Kadarius Callaway both had you know decent games. Um, so yeah, I was very encouraged. Um, our play against JMU, and that's probably the toughest team we play all year. Um, and so I, I'm 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 I I now have some hope that we will get bowl eligible. Um, I think it starts this week. We got to beat Coastal Carolina at home. That'll get us to win number five, and then, you know, then we got to find a win between Liberty, Georgia State, and Georgia Southern. I think maybe if we can get if we can beat Coastal Carolina, I think we can win one of those next three to uh, to get to a bowl. So yeah, looking forward to it. 
Um, and then I'm pretty sure last week I, I called I called a win for a particular team that was winless, um, and it, it didn't happen. Uh, yeah. Sam Houston State blew a lead. They were up 24 to 10 against UTEP in the third quarter, um, and they just I mean, like they just they just looked lost. Um, it's just it it just kind of like it's like it's like someone turned the light switch off, and uh, and UTEP. You know, came back and came back and won the game, um, and that's just kind of like two weeks in a row where I felt like Sam Houston State kind of had the game and, and they ended up losing it. Um, I've, I I'm going to call it now. They win this week. <laughs> well, I can't remember who they play, but it's FCS. So it is, hey. but it's, it's Kennesaw State, and Kennesaw State's moving up to FBS next year. They join Conference USA next year, um, and I, I mean I could be wrong, but I think Kennesaw State might run a triple option. And um, if, if that is the case, then, you know, that could certainly give Sam Houston State some trouble just because it's not an offense you play all the time. So um, it, it could, yeah. but I am I am under the impression that Sam Houston State does not want to be winless. In, and lose uh, to Kennesaw State. Yeah, I, and, yeah, I agree. And uh, I feel like they're going to be – Four going fourth to downs. Their shoemaker's going to be throwing the ball a lot. I mean, I feel like they're going to try to do everything that they can. I'm, I'm not. I don't want. I don't want to guarantee a win. And I don't want to jinx them again. So you know. <laughs> but I'm guaranteeing it. Hopefully, yep. hopefully they can get it this week against Kennesaw State. Um, the Jacksonville State game. Uh, they played uh, Zion Webb. That's two back to back good games for Zion Webb. Um, they, you know, sadly they can't play for a conference championship, but they're, they are right there. I think in second place, uh, behind Liberty for conference USA, they're also not bow eligible, but it, it's good to, it's good to see them playing well. Um, I do think the, the back-to-back good games for Zion Webb probably ends because, um, you know, they played the other Gamecocks from South Carolina this week. So. Yeah, Probably not, not going to be a good game for the Jacksonville State offense as Zion Webb. And then I did not get a chance to watch this game, but uh, you you tuned into a little bit of the Charlotte versus Florida Atlantic. Enlighten me, enlighten some of our our listeners here on on how this game went. So that that was that's the first time I've watched Charlotte this year. Um, so like as soon as I turn the TV on, I see this. Um, large man in a cutoff t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, cut the, cut the sleeves off. Yeah, he's no cut dress a, cut at, at Charlotte. He's cut, a, he's cut a V into the uh, t-shirt. He's cut a V-neck into the t-shirt, and I'm like, oh my goodness! And that's the head coach. And um, you know, like I'm all for being comfortable, but like that was just I don't know, like. It looked like a guy that just got done drinking a 12-pack and playing softball all day or something, you know, <laughs> an, an overage, an older older gentleman, overweight. Um, yeah, it just – I don't know. Well, it was a bad look in my opinion, but apparently that's what he does. That's what he's always done. Um, and I don't know. I thought Charlotte played the way he looked, sloppy. They 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 weren't very – they weren't a very disciplined team, um, and they, they, did, they didn't look good. Uh, both quarterbacks got hurt, uh, Jalen Jones and Trexor Ivy. Um, yeah, I mean, 
I think, do you think Charlotte... this team how did how did the offensive line look? That's what I want to know because this team is not good. Not not good. good. So no, we'll no. see we'll see how you know what what guys they can get in uh, this off season. But I mean, from doing the research on a new head coach, you know, coming in over from Michigan, being a run game coordinator, you know, definitely expecting that run game to get going. Um, and it's always hard when you come into a program that you haven't been able to recruit your guys, you know, yeah. depending on what kind of system you want to run. Do you have the offense alignment? Like if you want to be a smash mouth type offense and you've got like these little guards that are good for pulling and like sometimes, you know, it, it'll take a while. So I, I am kind of curious on what kind of like offense, uh, offense alignment that they are able to bring in this off season. I mean, their defense looked decent, um, but they have a ton of transfers on that defensive line. Um, and guys that I'm pretty sure are out of eligibility after this season. So it's going to be interesting to kind of see what they look like, um, you know, next year. Um, you know, I had high hopes for Darrell Robinson. Um, yeah. So, I, I, you know, and I own him quite a few spots. So I am, I am hopeful that they can uh, get some linemen and, and get that running game going because that, that's – clearly what they want to do but um typically they they they've they're playing from behind so that's just not a good recipe right uh can't keep running the ball if you're playing from behind all the time not good again not not good game scripts for running the ball all right um yeah uh, smu smu just obliterated tulsa i think it was like 28 points in the first quarter i watched this game i'm trying to think when i stopped watching it um but yeah it was it was not good for tulsa and smu got everybody into it yeah they got everybody it was like that oprah oprah uh, oprah winfrey like now you get a touchdown and you get a touchdown and you get a touchdown it was just you know showering touchdowns out there um yeah the pony the pony express came to play and Preston Stone looks good. I am really curious on what that team looks like next year in the A ACC. S- sad for uh, losing, uh, you know, the SMU Mustangs, but we'll see what they do do there. But yeah, Tulsa yeah, did not um, look great. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, like. They have two quarterbacks. They don't have any, you know, like I had high hopes for Cardell Williams and he, he hasn't looked good and, and Braxton hasn't either. Um, but hopefully they can, uh, can get things figured out uh, towards the end of the season and, and build on that for next year. Um, I did watch the Western Michigan, Eastern Michigan game uh, and Western Michigan, like just, they just ran the ball over all over Eastern Michigan. Uh, you know, they had Buckley, um, Salam, Keyshawn King got in on it. Like, um, yeah, it, it was, yeah. <laughs> Western Michigan was just running like crazy against Eastern Michigan. Um, you know, great. It was an entertaining game. Um, definitely a rotation there. Um, and I didn't quite understand. Like, I thrust a third at first, I thought they were like taking series between Salam and Buckley. But then sometimes it's not what happened, and so I'm not really sure. Um, 
what the rotation was, but definitely a rotation between those two guys. Um, like you know, keeping Buckley fresh as a Buckley owner, I was a bit disappointed because I, you know, I wanted him, I wanted him to get more carries, especially at the goal line. There was one series where like Buckley did all the work, and then they put in Salam or what even Salam? It was some other guy. And I think it was none of the worst. And they put him right. in to get the touchdown. And I'm like, oh my gosh, seriously, like. Um, you do all that yeah. work, and then you don't even get the touchdown. I mean, Buckley had a good game. You know, he had two touchdowns, but like it could have been so much better. Um, so, you know, sadly, uh, you know th- that rotation is likely to continue because I'm pretty sure Salam uh, comes back next year as well. Um, Troy, Troy defense uh, slows down Texas State. Texas State has been throwing the ball pretty well. Honestly, like I want more pieces of that offense uh, looking forward to next year. Um, but Troy, Troy's defense is for real. I talked about. Yes, they um, are. They're G5. They're one, they're one of the best defenses in the G5. Talking about uh, who was it? Um, was it SM? No, not SMU. There was a, I can't remember. Oh, San Jose State. I was like, oh, I don't really want to play anybody against San Jose State. I definitely don't want to play anybody against SMU's defense right now and Troy's defense. Like those two teams are just crushing it. Um, and we oddly enough, Troy's offense throwing the ball pretty well too, and not just yeah, running. Awesome. So it, yeah. it's it's uh, a a good good squad this year. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. Troy. Troy. Mm-hmm. Like you said, Troy. San Jose State. JMU. Um, they're some of the better better in air force too. some of the better defenses in the g5 so um when you when you play them be careful who you start you know because uh yeah they they, they they're pretty effective defenses and then we talked about it a little bit earlier but injury wise ashton genty uh was in street clothes the second half and george halani was back this this game which good thing he was back with uh halani getting hurt um Boise State really crushed uh, Wyoming from a defensive standpoint. That defense came to play. But I uh, was under the impression that uh, Halani would not be back until around the th- Thanksgiving time. So not sure what happened, but coming off that bye, must have got uh, nice and real healthy. And they probably, you know, were easing them in and then, you know, had, maybe had to change a little bit of that uh, once – uh, Chinti got hurt, so yeah, and, and something to as know. You mentioned, as you mentioned, Harrison Whaley returned, but he wasn't very effective against that Boise State defense. But uh, hopefully, he can get back on track this week for Wyoming. And then Rasheen Ali, people are wondering, is he going to play? Is he going to play? Is he not going to play? Well, he played. I mean, he did play. Marshall I mean, didn't look. Just, Marshall didn't yeah, look very good. Play. No, no, that yeah. I mean, their offensive line. Um, from a passing standpoint, Fancher didn't look good. They played Cole Pennington. Yeah, Marshall. Marshall, um, yeah. I mean, it seems like Marshall's kind of falling apart here the last couple games. Um, you know, hopefully getting a healthy Ali back can can um, kickstart them for the rest of the year. But, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't a good game for Marshall. Coastal Carolina beat them pretty good. And, and, and Grayson McCall was out. So that was the I was kind of shocked. Yeah, right? um, yeah that they they, they sure rotated they rotated Jared Guest and Ethan Vasco. Um, yeah, and and you know I haven't I have it further down in the injuries, but Braden Bennett 
Um, he didn't play Saturday either. Um, don't know why, but he, he didn't. He did not play on Saturday. So, yeah, kind of shocking that Coastal beat him as bad as they did with no Grayson McCall and no Braden Bennett. So, Well, another surprising note, Nate Noel returned, but – yeah, <laughs> three carries, eight yards. Um, I don't think he had anything in the passing game. Uh, Kanye Roberts was a guy. He had 13 carries, 109 yards, a touchdown, and then uh, two receptions for 11 yards. You would think, you know, scoring 48 points that Noel would have had a, a bigger role. So he must, you know, still be easing in uh, from his injury. Yeah, my guess is he's not fully healthy, right? Or, um, you know, then – they, they relied on Roberts. So. I mean, this game wasn't on one that we wanted to talk about with Southern Myth and App State, but we've got, like, the the Frank Gore Jr. end of season coming to fruition of, like, the Infinity Stones, Thanos type thing. It's like it gets to the end of the year, and, like, Frank Gore just, like, puts together these, like, three games that just buoy his end, like his whole season at 24 carries for 247 yards and two touchdowns and uh, one catch for 13 yards. It's yeah, I mean, it's Frank Gore doing Frank Gore things. Like it, it seems like it happens every year where Frank Gore, like you look at the season stats, you're like, Oh, he's pretty good. But then you go look at the individual games and it's like all those yards come in like three or four games. Right. And then the other games, he just kind of, eh, uh, yeah, so the, the shocking thing was Southern Miss, like, they stopped feeding him the ball. And um, that's one of the – I mean, Southern Miss I thought was going to win the game. And then they stopped feeding Frank Gore, and then it allowed App State to to uh, to come back and win the game. So, yeah, it's a little, little puzzling there why they why they stopped doing what was what, – what, the reason why they were winning and feeding Gore. But anyway. So injury-wise, we talked about JT, uh, Braden Bennett, uh, Rock Taylor from Memphis left um, on a scooter with a leg injury. Uh, don't know how serious that is, but my guess is if you're on the scooter and you don't finish the game, you know it's not a good sign. Uh, Tory Horton for Colorado State was injured. Um, trying to remember exactly. He was banged up a little before the game too, right? So. Yep, and. Uh, talked to a source out in Colorado state and they said he's going to be day to day just going forward. So if you own any Tory Horton shares, you know, those games are a little bit later. I'd always have an option. Like he's good, but like he's playing at less than a hundred percent. And at some point um, he's just going to get ready for the NFL. It'd be my guess. So justice Ross Simmons, we talked about it a couple weeks ago uh, when uh, Andrew Katz was on that, you know, I don't think it was said on here, but uh, he had stitches. Um, we might have talked about her hand injury. Yeah. So he he had those removed, and you know, he took off this week. Had a pretty good pretty good game. Um, Carter Bradley, a quarterback for uh, South Southern Alabama. South Alabama, had a knee injury towards the end of the game, but he did practice today. So that's good. Uh, something that's good to news. something to monitor. Uh, you know, I don't know if I really want a part of this South Alabama. I don't really know what to think about this team come next year. Um, yeah. Having a having a new quarterback 
I just don't know if they can slot them in and things just continue to be this well-oiled machine. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, when... Um, well, they, they, lose, me- they lose Bradley, they'll lose LaDamian Webb. Um, but yep. they do have Kentrell Bullock. Um, Colin Lacey should return. Um, the question, I guess the biggest question is going to be who's the quarterback, right? Yep, and then kind of like on the opposite side of that is like JMU's quarterback. I'm trying to think... Uh, why am Jordan, I forgetting his? Jordan McLeod? McLeod, because it's almost like you can just put any quarterback in there and they're going to produce. It's like it's this well-oiled system. Like, all right, come in because uh, who do they have last year? Who tore it up? Gosh, I am awful with names Todd, today. Todd Sandeo. Todd Sandeo. Todd Sandeo. Like he crushed it last year. You know, and then you bring in another quarterback, same results. Another quarterback next year. I'm just going to go ahead and trust the system and same results. But, uh, yeah, and then uh, Brendan Lewis also with an injury. Yeah, and Sean Dollars as well as Nevada. Um, it's not – I mean, if you're starting Brendan Lewis and Sean Dollars, you're in a pretty deep league, right? <laughs> um, but, you know, kind of want to let folks know that both of those guys got injured this week, so – Stay tuned to see if they're able to come back. Uh, come back, you know, this coming. So, week. our our G five over P five. Uh, we almost had an upset. Um, yeah, UConn, they played them tough. Uh, they lose to Boston College. I watched most of this game because it was actually really close to most of the game. Um, but you know, Boston College kind of took control. They they ran the ball pretty well, but uh, Thomas Castellanos got banged up or something in the second half because he was kind of limping around and he had a, a sleeve on his right leg. So that's something they, they play Syracuse. I know, you know, we're G5, but some to, if you do have Thomas Castellanos in, in your, in your leagues, they play Syracuse Friday night, but I would assume he's going to play, but a lot of his values on uh, running, but yeah, UConn looked, you know, pretty, pretty good. Um, just came up a yeah. little bit short there at the end. Yeah. And top 25, uh, all, all the teams moved up, man. Air Force is up to 17th, uh, Tulane 21, James Madison 23, and then there's two two other G5 teams getting votes. Um, so if you extended it based on the votes, Liberty would be at 28 and Fresno State at 29. Um, Liberty's undefeated, um, but they got, like, the world's weakest schedule. So um, I, I'm not shocked that they're not ranked, but um, – I tell you, like, you know, not, nothing screams to me more like Power Five bias than to see USC still ranked because they're they're not one of the twenty five best teams in the in the country. That just not no, they're not. Like from an offensive standpoint, I'll give it to you, but like from a total team standpoint, absolutely not. I mean, yeah, they they should have lost again to Cal this week. So. Um, yeah, I, I don't understand how USC is still ranked in the top twenty-five. Beyond, uh, be- beyond, beyond me. Uh, because it's uh, USC. USC. That's that's, yeah. that's that's why. But uh, you know, luckily, the NCAA is looking out for all the teams and not allowing James Madison, number twenty-three in the nation, to play in a bowl game because yeah. they are protecting James Madison. Yeah, I mean, like. I realize we're, we're, we're mostly talking about football, but did you see that news um, about uh, the NIT this week? 
Um, yeah, you, you sent that to me. Um, I didn't get a chance to read it all because at the, at the time I was I was out on a on a date with my wife, out frolicking around uh, Davenport, Iowa. But so basically, uh, like, so basically, what they did is, you know, it used to be um, if a if a it was a, a a conference champion if they didn't win their conference tournament got an automatic bid to the NIT, right? So that was huge for um, your mid-major schools, right? Um, so what they did is they got rid of that, and they're given a guarantee to the Power Five conferences, to, to the big schools. So, yeah, they, they just basically swapped it. They swapped what was a guarantee for smaller schools to a guarantee for – so now, you know, now I'm going to guarantee the eighth-place team in the ACC a bid versus the conference champion – from like the CAA, for example, um, yeah, freaking terrible, man, terrible. Like, yeah, I don't know. They, they gotta give they them can, that money. They can they continue to find ways to to screw the small guy, but you know, hey, let let's uh, let's go on to a to a happier note with our players of the week. Heck yeah! So I went with Karon Adams, thirty four attempts, two hundred and thirty four yards, three touchdowns. On the ground, two receptions on two targets and six yards. He had 44 points and full point PPR for UMass, and they get their win over Army, 21 to 14. Kieran Adams was the offense, and I went with uh, a former Old Dominion player, uh, Blake Watson, uh, running back for Memphis Tigers. Like we said earlier, I mean he was electric in this game against North Texas, which they won 45 to 42. He ended up with 169 yards rushing, two rushing touchdowns, and five catches for 100 yards, so 269 total yards on the day. Um, man, like, I, I hope there's a, I hope, I hope there's a spot for him somewhere in the NFL. He's just so, so electric, man. Like, I, I think, uh, I, you know, I, I want to see him keep playing after this year somewhere. Let's hope. I mean, the NFL is devaluing running backs. But I think for sure he can he can if he doesn't get drafted, he can latch on to a team, get on a practice squad, and maybe make that roster. You know, Memphis, even though uh and again, just awful with names, even though their coach, you know, goes over to Florida State, Memphis just kind of known Norvell. We're getting Norvell Memphis has been kind of putting in these uh running backs and into the NFL. So even after Norvell left, I'm, I think Gibson uh, was, by the time he graduated, Antonio Gibson wasn't a Norvell guy. Um, so there's a chance. There's a chance. Yep, yep. Memphis has a, a pretty rich history of putting uh, running backs in the NFL, so hopefully Blake Watson can uh, continue that. All right, uh, now we're going to go to our top producers in the G5, quarterbacks <clears throat> with Luke. So again, uh, if you're you're watching, you can see our our graph here with with names and whatnot. And if you're listening on the audio medium, I suggest you uh, come and and check this out on YouTube. So I'm not going to go over through everything, um, but we've got two new guys on here. We've got Chandler Rogers and Carter Bradley. Uh, Chandler Rogers from North Texas, Carter Bradley from South Alabama. So Chandler Rogers uh, has 34 pass attempts, 12 
uh, which ranks 12th and 272 and a half yards passing, which ranks 13th. Honestly, I don't know what North Texas was doing all year and why Chandler Rogers didn't get more run there at the beginning. Um, seems like maybe, you know, Hey, you know, they rectified it. Uh, he's playing, he's playing pretty well here. And then, uh, hopefully going forward Then Carter Bradley, again, make sure if you, uh, if you have him or you're thinking about picking him up, he, he does have a knee injury at the end of the game did practice today, but he is, uh, ranks 20th in pass attempts with 32 and 15th in passing yards with 269. Uh, Grayson McCall stays in there. Uh, he might just end up staying in there depending if he comes back or not for the rest of the season. Uh, but everybody else is, is a name that's already been in there. So I don't want to belabor or, or beat a dead horse with, with these names, but uh, they are EJ Warner Temple. Uh, he hasn't been playing the last couple games due to a concussion. Hopefully he gets back this week because that team looks broken without him. Um, and it looks just totally different. So uh, sounds like things are trending up for EJ Warner this week, which will be good. Um, and then Davis Bren, Georgia Southern, Austin Reed, Western Kentucky, Braden Shager, Hawaii, uh, Braden Fowler, Nicolosi, Colorado State, Mikey Keene, Fresno State, Nicholas Viato, uh, Middle Tennessee State, Jacob Zeno, UAB, Seth Hennigan, Memphis. Then you got Chandler Rogers slides in there. And then JT Daniels at Rice, Frank Harris at UTSA, TJ Finley, Texas State, Joey Aguilar, App State. Then we've got Carter Bradley at South Alabama and Grayson McCall at Coastal Carolina to round out our, our uh, top 2020 guys. All right, uh, moving on to our running backs. We do have uh, three new guys this week. Um, Frank Gore Jr., uh, Makai Hughes out of Tulane, and Ishmael Made uh, out of Texas State. Um, you know, Frank Gore Jr. with that monster game really boosted him up. Makai Hughes, we've talked about him um, the last several weeks in our waiver section. Um, he's no longer on the waiver section because he's above 30% now, but he's kind of, you know, the last, I don't know, I say three, maybe four weeks, he's come on very strong for Tulane. Um, he's clearly their, their lead back, workhorse back. And um, Ishmael Made, like, um, his issue is touches, right? That's why he hasn't been on this list, um, because from a yard standpoint, he's fifth, and he's been high in, in yards. Um, he just doesn't necessarily get um, as many touches as some of the other guys. And so that's why he hasn't been, you know, in our 2020 bucket for running backs. And he, he just made it this week. He's in, in at 20th on the touches end. Um, but like I said, fifth in yards, um, Karon Lynch Adams moved up. Uh, Blake Watson moved up. Nate Noel fell down. Um, you know, the top of the list, no shocker, Marcus Carroll, Ashton Genty, um, Kamani Vidal and Rashin Ali. Um, then followed that up with uh, Karan Lynch-Adams from UMass, Nate Noel, Blake Watson, Jalen Buckley, Western Michigan, Frank Gore Jr., uh, Larry McCammon III from Florida Atlantic, Makai Hughes, Harrison Whaley, uh, Quentin Cooley from Liberty, LaDamian Webb, South Alabama, and uh, Ishmael Mahdi out of Texas State. Um, kind of Don't fall out. for the Frank Gore. Don't fall for the Frank Gore stuff. So... <laughs> 
I mean, he's he's owned in a lot of leagues, so you're he not is, probably he picking is. him up. Um, so don't have to worry about that. Yeah. Yep. So now we'll move on to the wide receivers. Back with Luke. <clears throat> All right. So we've got two new guys uh, this week in Joshua Cephas, UTSA. Uh, you know, UTSA been a big disappointment this year in general, uh, especially with the wide receivers. You, you would think. You know, you kind of anticipate having three wide receivers that are going to be fantasy friendly for you, and uh, not the case this year. Uh, and then Robert Lewis for Georgia State is able to crack our our lineup. So uh, Joshua Cephas, <clears throat> he's averaging nine point three eight targets per game, which ranks eighth for or er, nine point three eight targets per game, which ranks seventh for. 83.13 yards per game, which ranks 12th. And then Robert Lewis for Georgia State is averaging 8.25 targets per game, which ranks 20th, and 82.25 yards per game, which ranks 16th. Um, our our list is we got LeJonte Wester, Florida Atlantic, Torrey Horton, Colorado State, uh, Malachi Corley, Western Kentucky, Caleb Hood, jo- Georgia Southern, Terrell Vaughn, Utah State. Boy, do I need my Utah State guys for this last week here in fantasy and for the playoffs. Need uh, Utah State to, to figure out what it's doing and uh, feed feed Terrell Vaughn the ball um, going forward here. Uh, Colin Lacey, South Alabama, Joshua Cephas, the slots in there at UTSA, Ricky White, UNLV, had another pretty good game this last week. Eric McAllister at Boise State also had a great game. Joey Hobart, Texas State. Luke McCaffrey for Rice. Robert Lewis then slots in behind him at Georgia State. And Sam Pickney at a Coastal Carolina, who, like you said, Coastal Carolina just had a pretty good game in general with uh, backup quarterback and, and not something we saw. Anything you want to like touch on here, Justice? I mean, it's a lot of the same names, just different order. Um, I mean, it was great to see how Eric McAllister have a great week, right? Bounce back week for him. Um, yep. Yeah, I mean, that's really, I guess, you know. I mean, Robert Lewis was a guy f- for yes. Darren Granger. Um, Wester, Lajonte Wester was the man again, right? He was He was on fire. He was a man on fire. If uh, if um, if Blake Watson hadn't gotten 100 and 100, I would Wester would have been my pick for player of the week. But I just felt like, you know. 100 yards, over 100 yards rushing, 100 yards receiving. You know, I felt like I had to give it to Blake Watson. But uh, Wester was certainly a deserving candidate and has been has been one, you know, throughout the year. All right, take it away for our tight ends and uh, some more waivers there, Justice. All right, um, so there aren't any new tight ends this week. Um, you know, Dallin Holker's the man, right, Uh I mean, it doesn't matter if you're G5, P5, whatever. Dallin Holker is the is the man kind of left standing at tight end. I will say um, it was very encouraging to see um, Dalvin Smith have a have a uh, good game for Western Kentucky. And in a lot of leagues, he's tight end eligible. Um, so that was very encouraging if you're able to play him at tight end. Um, other than that, I mean, there were, I mean, RJ Maryland – had a decent game. He only had two catches, but it was like two catches for 91 yards and a touchdown. So you, know, you, you can't really complain too much about that. Um, 
And they were they were targeting him down the field. Uh, again, I watched that game. What really saved him was uh, it was a fourth and I don't know, like two or something. And Stone launched it like forty some yards down the field, and, and Maryland caught it and got pushed out of bounds at like the four. Or so so it could have had it bigger with a touchdown, but also like had you not had that one big play, uh, RJ Maryland's day would have looked a lot different, especially on a fourth down play. Yeah, um, other than that, it was, it was a pretty quiet week for tight ends. Um, the one thing I do want to mention is the, Sam Olson's back for San Jose State. Um, and, and he and they were they were targeting him quite a bit in that uh, in that game. So, um, you know, if you have Dominic Maziotti, that, that, that's the reason why he might have been, not been up to snuff was because Sam Olson is back from injury and, and, and he was playing quite a bit in that game against Hawaii. Um I mean, if I had to pick one tight end off of off of here from a waiver ad, um, man, like I would have said Justin Jolly, but he didn't do anything this past week against Boston College. Um, maybe I'm going to go with Bowden Grown out of out of out of Rice. Um, nothing spectacular, but he's kind of been fairly consistent um, as far as tight ends go. So yeah. Um, that's kind of that's kind of it for I think for tight ends there isn't like there isn't anyone when I'm screaming to go pick up on waivers for a tight end this week. I mean I I don't know about you Luke but just in general I felt like in most of my leagues waivers were pretty bare this week. Yeah, most of my leagues um, I do have one league that is uh, unlimited pickups as long as you have a budget. Uh, I'm in that league with you. Um, I I don't have a budget so I. I, I kind of stopped looking because I can't really pick anything up. And then my other ones are limited waivers, and I I, I blew my 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 pickups pretty quick. I like to you know get a good bang for my buck. If I'm gonna all right, I'm gonna spend all my money right away because I want my players as long as I can. Sometimes I yeah. I, I miss I miss on uh, the players that I should be targeting because they had like okay I think already have an idea of what I think that offense is gonna do, and then I kind of wait on a couple guys to like confirm my priors. Um, and and then go pick them up, and then hey, maybe that's something changes throughout the year. So I can uh, I can appreciate that. Um, all right, so let's uh, move over to our quarterback waivers with Luke. All right, so quarterbacks. These are six point passing touchdowns. Um, EJ Warner. Part of our 2020 bucket, Temple, rostered in 29% of leagues. Nicholas Vatiato, also on our 2020. Ten, uh, Middle Tennessee State, 12% rostered. Braden Fowler-Nicolosi, 2020. Colorado State, uh, 27%. Joey Aguilar and JT Daniels, uh, both a part of our 2020. And Chandler Rogers, newly uh, acquired 2020, 2020 guy out of North Texas. Joey Aguilar at App State. He's 17% owned. JT Daniels at a rice is 24% owned. And Chandler Rogers, like I said, is 29% owned. Jordan McLeod, James Madison, 28% owned. Zion Chris, uh, Louisiana Lafayette, 21% owned. Andrew Paisley, Wyoming, 7% owned. And then <clears throat> I kind of want to talk about these two here. Uh, Keegan Shoemaker, Sam Houston, 2% owned. And Carter Bradley, South Alabama, 20% owned. Now that Bradley is practicing, I kind of want to talk about him a little bit more. Um, but I'll quickly quickly go down with uh, points per game. 
uh, if you guys aren't uh, paying attention, or if you're not not paying attention, but if you're if you're listening on a podcast, I definitely recommend go look at the graphics here because we also have like passing touchdowns. While we do have the attempts and the yards, it, it is nice to see you know the passing touchdowns while they're not sticky. They also help you out with the points. So EJ Warner twenty two point four six points, Vatiato twenty three point one eight, Nicolosi. 21.56, Aguilar 27.6, JT Daniels 24.41, Jordan McLeod 27.55, Chandler Rogers 28.16, Zion Chris 23.95, Andrew uh, Peasley 22.69, uh, Keegan Shoemaker 17.58, and Car Bradley 18.42. If you can get 25 points from a quarterback still on the waiver wire like especially at this point and if you if you need somebody that's great and shoemaker the last five games he's got no games under 38 attempts uh and no less than 200 yards passing and two touchdowns in those five game spans uh so in his last five he's averaging 24.22 like over the season, it's it's seventeen point five eight, but he's he's twenty four point two two points. You know, lately, I would not recommend uh, playing Sam Houston. Any anybody? Uh, oh, I guaranteed a win, didn't I? I thought they, <laughs> I thought they played. Okay, yeah, KSU. Sorry, I was thinking Kansas they State. Play, I was like, wait, no, they play they play Kennesaw State. Kennesaw State. Yeah, Kennesaw State. Okay, I saw KSU. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That I wouldn't recommend playing anybody against Kansas State right now. They're playing lights out defense. Yeah, Kennesaw State. So this is this is you've got the Luke Probasco stamp of approval. Uh, Sam Houston State. They're winning. Uh, then you got uh, Louisiana Tech, Western Kentucky, and Middle Tennessee State coming up. Uh, Carter Bradley is the other guy. So here are his last. Uh, Five games, 254 yards passing, 299, 303, 319, 381, two touchdowns, two touchdowns, three touchdowns, zero touchdown, two touchdowns. During those five games, he only has four interceptions. So here's his fantasy points, 22.86, He's not giving you anything on the ground. He's not a rusher. I would avoid him this week. They play Troy. So their next four, he has Troy, Arkansas State, Marshall, and Texas State. Texas State, I would assume, uh, throwing the ball pretty w- around pretty well, uh, Arkansas State. And and Marshall just got, you know, torched. So um, avoid Troy this week, but assuming Car Bradley knee holds up, I you know, I'm, I might hold him out for that game against Troy. So... Um, but yeah, those are the two quarterbacks I really want to talk about there, Keegan Shoemaker and Carter Bradley, knowing that he did practice today. What do we got for running backs, Justice? So the, the running back landscapes uh, is, is pretty bleak. Um, you know, Dean Connors, um, he did have a bad game again this week. So not now it's what, like two out of the last two. six, he's had had some kind of some stinkers. Unfortunately, one of those was, the week you and I were on the uh, CFF <laughs> lists. Um, Gosh, it'll haunt yeah. me forever. 
Um, I mean, you know, Malik Sherrod still only uh, 26% owned. That that that's a travesty. Um, he, he's he's clearly the man for Fresno State moving forward. And then um, two guys I added I added to the list that, that we haven't talked about previously, and that's Keyshawn Wicks and Kadarius Callaway, both from Old Dominion. Uh, Wicks is only 2% owned. Callaway is 13% owned. Um, Wicks is averaging just under 13 points a game, and Callaway is averaging just over 15 points a game. Um, yeah, I mean, both of those guys, you know, I don't know that either. I guess if I had to say is one going to, like, pop off a mega week, it's probably Callaway because he's kind of got that that, that break that – break, uh, breakaway potential. Um, but it, it is definitely a rotation between these two guys. Um, Callaway is definitely the more electric uh, running back and Wicks definitely is the one running back. They tend to tend to use um, inside the red zone, which is kind of surprising because um, Callaway is actually a little heavier than, than Wicks. Um, but I think it's just the, their running styles are very different. Um Callaway's, uh, like I say, he's more electric and and and, and you know shiftier, um, whereas Wicks is more like the the, the bulldozer kind of kind of running back. Um, so yeah, uh, the, those are those you know those three, um, and Jacob Cabote. Jacob Cabote um, had a big game this week for Louisiana Lafayette. Um, maybe he's taken over that backfield, um, and he's got wide receiver and running back eligibility. Uh, a little bit of a cheat code there. Um, Terry on Stewart still only 23% owned as well. Um, so, you know, the running backs a little bit, you know, a little bit bleak, but it's not, not all hope is lost. Um, you know, th- these guys can definitely help fill in and, uh, you know, could potentially, you know, give you a, a you know, a 15 plus point, uh, a game anytime. So, yeah, that's, uh, that'll take care of the running backs on to our receivers with Luke. All right, so wide receivers roster three percent or less. Uh, I got quite a few names here. I'm not going to talk about all of them, but I do want to mention uh, some of these guys. And this just, when I was putting this list together, really made me think of how I drafted this year. And I I really like wide receivers. I like to to build my team around wide receivers in full point PPR leagues. But the waivers on running running backs have been hard this year. And it's like each week trying to get that group list together. On this list, if you're not watching on YouTube, uh, it is 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12. I got 16 wide receivers on here. And other than Chase Sowell, who kind of just has come on late here for East Carolina, he's averaging 8.99 points per game currently as a freshman ever nobody else is under 11 points and a lot of these guys are in that 15 point range and you've got you know upwards of noah smith for sam houston uh getting you 18 points per game so i just think it's you you when you draft need to to go after those running backs and you can always find wide receivers you know and you only you know, have a running back or two that you're going to let that are going to be out there. It is typically only one running back on the field at a time. While you've got some of these offenses run five wide wide receivers. So 
I think you can, that just kind of something that hit me as I was, I was putting this list together, but uh, we got Lawrence keys, a third out of two lane, 24% rostered Tyrone Howell, UL Monroe, 11% rostered Sean Atkins, South Florida, 22% Jalen Moss, Fresno state, 14%. Um, Elijah Metcalf, middle Tennessee state, 9%. Uh, Amari Thomas, UAB, 9%. Cole Wilson, Texas State, 6%. Noah Smith, Sam Houston, 27%. Chase Sewell, East Carolina, 2%. So Chase um, Sewell, I just kind of want to mention, Justice has mentioned him the last couple times, but he had 11 targets. He only got four receptions, but it was 54 yards and a touchdown, good for 15.4 points, and he's a freshman uh, for East Carolina. So don't know what they're going to do. I don't know what they're going to do at quarterback going forward. Um, but if you're in dynasty, things like that, a good name to maybe pick up for free. If you got waivers, if you got unlimited waivers, uh, a good name to pick up there. Uh, Reggie Brown, James Madison, 23% rostered. And then I want to talk about Elijah Surratt, uh, James Madison. He's 7% rostered averaging 15.3 points per game on the season, 4.9 receptions on 6.1 targets and 74 receiving yards per game. So his last four games, he's had eight targets. He's averaged eight targets, six receptions, 101 yards, and .75 touchdowns. He's had a touchdown in three of his last four games, and it's one touchdown, one touchdown, one touchdown, and then a game where he didn't. So I don't want to say you can rely on touchdowns, but that's Elijah Surratt, last four games, uh, doing pretty well. Uh, Then you've got Jabri Barber, Troy. Talked about Troy throwing the ball around pretty well. Only 2% rostered. On the season, he's 14.66 points per game. Uh, five receptions on eight targets, 75.25 yards per game. His last four, his targets counts are, and I'm going furthest back to this last week. So you've got 9, 8, 10, 11. Receptions, 7, 4, 4, 10. Reception yardage 121 22 dud 138 160. His fantasy points are 19.1, 6.2, 15.8, 32.8. And he only has one touchdown during that time. And that comes in that 32.8 game. You've got a ceiling of 30 plus points out there on your waiver wires at uh, 2% owned. I think good name to go to go get. They've got South Alabama, UL Monroe, uh, U, uh, Lafayette, and Southern Miss. So pretty good end of the year for Troy. Um, and then Justice Ross Simmons, Colorado State, eighteen percent owned for the year, twelve point five six, four receptions on six and a half targets, and sixty three point one three points. Tory Horton got hurt. He's going to be day-to-day every game. The last two games, uh, Justice Ross Simmons, since getting his stitches out of his hands, are five targets and 13 targets. Uh, He had four receptions and eight receptions. So four on five targets, eight on 13, 76 yards and 128 yards, and then a touchdown in each. That's 17.6 and 26.8 points uh, the last two weeks. So heating up, uh, as they say, in NBA Jam rules. Uh, one more, and we are on fire. And then the last name I want to talk about here is Jamal Pritchett, South Alabama, 1% owned, 13.39 points per game, 
four reception 4.3 receptions on 6.6 targets 67 uh receiving yards per game he is a sophomore in the last five games here are his targets again from the furthest to now six nine six six 17 receptions six for six three for nine two for six 11 for 17. Yardage, 62, 65, 25, 122, 168. He's got three touchdowns over those five games. His fantasy points are 12.2, 15.5, 4.5, 17.2, 39.8. Uh, for South Alabama, again, don't know what that team's going to look like next year. If you've got a chance to pick him up, he's a sophomore. Again, maybe a dynasty stash. Uh, and definitely, if you need somebody... To get you, like he's putting up. If you want 15 points, put them in your lineup. I mean, who's, who's going to say no to 15 points? Um, and then just something I wanted to mention uh, Rock Taylor, he's out there. He's available in 18% of leagues, 14.19 uh, points per game. He does have that lower leg injury. Not sure how serious that is. So, but, you know, 14 points that you could add if he is good in your your lineup here later uh, also makes me want to mention Demir Blankemsey who's 6% rostered when rock Taylor went out, he went four for six for 80 yards and got you 12 points. And he's on the season averaging 11.6 points per game. So that, I don't know, may, probably means more Blake Watson, honestly, but uh, there's a chance that somebody steps there up in that wide receiver room. And I think it could be Demir Blankemsey. Yeah, I mean he he was he was the man early, early for them, and, and then they kind of um, switched over to Rock Taylor. So yeah, be interesting to kind of see what uh, what happens there moving forward with those two. All right, uh, let's uh, we're gonna close things out here. I guess looking uh, looking forward uh, to uh, next week. Um, so G five, the dog, the dog was, the dog was uh, chewing on some stuff. So I had to pick him up blue to head of the world. I named him blue. Nice. Boy nice. Blue. <laughs> uh, we got two G five versus P five this week. Uh, we already mentioned one. It's the battle of the Gamecocks, Jacksonville state Gamecocks against South Carolina Gamecocks. And then, uh, UConn who just played Boston college. They, uh, they play Tennessee this week. I'm, I'm not hopeful that we'll get a, 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 a G5 over a P5 win, but, yeah, anything's possible, right? Um, some games to look forward to this coming week. We got uh, in the American, we got UTSA against North Texas. It's got an over-under of 69. Um, nice. Looking forward to a high-scoring game there. You know, Frank Harris, uh, Josh Cephas, uh, Chandler Rogers, Jamori Macklin. Um, yeah, fire fire those shares up if you got them. Um, and then another another you know high scoring affair from the American uh, South Florida against Memphis with an over under of sixty seven. Uh, South Florida coming off that bye. Um, love to see a shootout there with Byron Brown, um, Naquan Wright going against uh, Seth Hennigan and Blake Watson and 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 uh, either Rock Taylor or Demir Blakumsi. Um Yeah. Though those are those are two 
two of the higher um, higher point totals this week in all of college football, um, and, and hopefully we get some uh, get some more uh, college. Whoa, fantasy. whoa, whoa! I know, I know, it's not G five, but Iowa football huge under over under this week. Was it like thirty? I think it's uh, like twenty seven and something. <laughs> like it's like the low. It's like the lowest in in uh, like ever uh in the history of over-unders it it's embarrassing so i don't know we uh we get some tuesday night maction this week right tuesday night maction hopefully uh maction can start living up to its billing because it hasn't so far um but we got buffalo against toledo over under a 52 and a half um so cole schneider uh ron cook daquan finn uh, yeah, let, let's 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 see some of these uh, Tuesday night action games um, heat 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 up a little bit for us, hopefully. Um, and then we already mentioned this earlier the big uh, the big matchup in the Mountain West. We got Boise State uh, going against Fresno State um, over under fifty five. Um, this 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 game could go could could determine who might win the Mountain West. Um, you know, hopefully uh, Ashton Jainty will be back for Boise State. Uh, I think they could really use him this week, as, as Luke said earlier. Um, you got uh, Eric McAllister for Boise State. Um, they're rotating quarterbacks with Madsen and uh, Taylor Green. Then you got Mikey Keene, um, Malik Sherrod, Jalen Moss, Eric Brooks on the other side. Um, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, this will be a shootout with Jainty leading the way for Boise State. Uh, and then in the Sun Belt, we got uh, we got two big games in the Sun Belt. This first one is uh, JMU against Georgia State, uh, with an over under of fifty four and a half. Um, I'm interested to see how Marcus Carroll and Darren Granger look against this JMU defensive front. Um, you know, I, I got I've got a lot of Marcus Carroll shares, and with injuries to Jainty and Darius Taylor. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to roll Carroll out there against JMU. I, I don't necessarily like it because that JMU defensive front's pretty legit. Um, but hopefully Georgia state learns some things, um, against the, uh, against the old dominion. Um, when they played old dominion, it was like we lost Luke, uh, right. internet issues, internet issues here in Muscatine, Iowa. Um, it was actually snowing here, uh, yesterday. So. It must be, you know, finicky weather. Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully, JMU can uh, or Georgia State learn some things from ODU, and and they can get that running game going as JMU like ODU did. And then, and then the last game, um, which I think is the highest over under in all of football this week, as Georgia Southern against Texas State. Man, that's that's going to be an air it out game, right? I mean, you got to start, you got to start Bryn, right? Yeah, you got you got to start Brandon Burgess and Hood, and then you got T.J. Finley and uh, Cole Wilson, Ishmael Mahdi, uh, Joey Hobart on the other side, seventy-one and a half. Um, yeah, I'm 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 looking forward to that game. Um, yeah, so some great uh, some great games here as we get towards the end of the year, and, and kind of see these conference um, I'm, games. Your I'm pretty excited. In uh, one league, I have Bryn, uh, I have Castellanos, I have uh, Finn, 
And I have uh, Byron Brown. So I might be uh, sitting Castellanos against Syracuse. Syracuse hasn't looked that great. But I'm of those four, who, who are you starting? I got to start three of them. Man, um, uh, it's hard to sit like Castellanos, a, but it, I mean, he's not really doing a lot in the air, but he's doing it on the on the ground. It's like, ground, and if he's banged up, man, that's not good. That that was yeah, kind of my thought. I might and we go with Byron Brown there against Memphis. Yeah, I, like I don't know. That's what I'm torn about. It's Byron Brown or or Castellanos. So. I, I think I think I'm gonna roll with Byron Brown. It's uh, I, I just uh, you know the question marks with Castellanos and and if he's gonna be effective running the ball. Um, I'll take Byron Brown in what should be a shootout game. Against Memphis. Also, I also could play Caleb Williams, but he hasn't been playing super great lately, except for this last week. Yeah. Uh, and they play Washington. They play so. Washington. Yeah, I'm in, so like, I'm I'm sitting them. At some point, you got to wonder, like, when is when is Caleb just going to say, I'm, my season's done? It'll probably be the bowl game. Probably be the bowl game. So, All right. That's we did gonna, it. That's going to do it for us this week. And uh, tune in next week, uh, me and Andrew Katz. So until then, we'll see you. Say bye, Blue. <laughs> Yeah, go, hot, 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 go, hot,